And God's good, right? All the time. God is good. We had a really good uh, first service downtown. I expect the same here. Uh, I'm going to teach on healing today. So Jehovah Rapha, the healer, uh, and we're in the series, do it again, seven of eight. So next week's our last one, seven of eight, uh, do it again. Uh, the reason we want and ask God to do it again is because when he gives us his names, the Lord, Jehovah, the Lord is, and then each one we have a different, uh, uh, a different name for the Lord. This one is Rapha, healer. It's found out of Exodus 15 and 26 where God tells Moses to tell the people, if you'll obey my statutes and do my commands, I will not send the sicknesses and diseases that I did for the Egyptians, I will not put them on you, for I am the Lord who heals. Boom. Just a, 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 just a, um, a statement there, a declaration. And so it's important that we understand the declarations of the Lord, and it's important to understand the teachings of the Lord. And so what, what I've asked is King David to kind of be our coach today. So we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to come out of Psalms, uh, the 30th chapter, where David refers to Jehovah Rapha, the healer, and he gives us a process of what it takes to be healed. Now, we know uh, God can heal. How many believes God can heal? Amen? And how many have ever been healed by God before? Amen? And so God's the healer, and if he did it once, he can do it again. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. If he did it for you, he can do it for me. And so it's not uh, magical or mystical. It's something that God has uh, provided in his word. Uh, when we uh, go, when we have uh, family dinners uh, at our house, which we do once a week, then uh, I have a weight room set up. And, and so we uh, ultimately at some point in time, end up in the weight room, and we, and we work out. And it's kind of fun because our older uh, two grand uh, boys, uh, Brady and Jonah, have gotten into the weightlifting scene, and then uh, my two boys, Marcus and Andrew, work out, and then we had another family join us yesterday, and Travis works out, and so it was cool. We, so I took the boys out, Brady and Jonah, and we start working out because uh, they were all playing a game, and I didn't feel like waiting an hour and a half for the game to get over with, and so we're out there working out, and, uh, and, and uh, I was coaching, I, uh, encouraging. Uh, Brady and Jonah. And so they, when they come over, they want to do a max every time. We don't have to max every time, but let's max today. Let's get some personal best. And so Brady set a personal best in uh, bench press. I think it's okay to say 175 pounds. Really good for a sophomore in high school. Give it up for Brady. Thought that was really good. And then Jonah set a personal best in bench, but he also set a personal bench in squat at 205. And so give up for Jonah. They're downstairs, but at least a, a, that's a good squat for a 12-year-old, right? The kid's only in seventh grade. And so I thought, you know, these, you know we're, we're teaching them, and I've asked King David to teach us today. And so it's like greatness is in you, healing is in you, the victory is in you, it's just got to, it has to be pulled out of you, right? And so then we went uh, later after uh, they left, we, I took, um, uh, Marcus, wanted a, Mar Marcus wanted a personal best. So he came with the right attitude, right? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a personal best today in the bench. And then and Drew's like, well, if Marcus is going to have a personal best, I'm going to have a personal best. And Travis was like, well, if I'm, they're going to have a personal best, I'm going to have a personal best too. And so we're loading weights up. 
up, and they're, they're just keep going higher and higher and higher. And, and Marcus got a personal best. Give it up for Marcus. He got a, a huge personal best yesterday. And so then give it up for Drew. Drew got a personal best yesterday. And then if some of you don't know Travis, give it up for Travis. Travis got a personal best yesterday. And it was like I was able to uh, encourage them, all right, maybe even coach them a little bit on what it took just to get their personal best. And so I'm not taking the credit. They did the work, but I maybe because I had the weights and because I had a little bit of the knowledge and then because I had some of the means, uh, they were able to, we were able to combine. Well, see, Jesus already provided the victory for you. He's already provided the healing for you. He's already provided these things for you. He's going to coach you you today using King David and Psalms 30. And so much like I uh, coached them a little bit yesterday, and again, I'm not taking the credit. My personal best is, will never be attained again by me. It's kind of an age factor, right? So I have to work on new personal bests at, at this decade of my life, which I have. I always have goals. And so we're going to put them down on the board and the wall with the, these guys' dates and times and when they did it, and they can hopefully erase it. Maybe Marcus will erase it in a few more months and there'll be a, a new personal best up there. By the way, he did 315 pounds. That's a lot of weight. That's really, that's, that's really good. 110 more pounds, he'll have the family record. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't be that way. I, that's true, but I shouldn't be that way. Um, <laughs> Proud and haughty spirit. That, you got to be humble. Uh, Lord, help me. It's hard to be humble when you're. No, it's in there. That's the old Mac Davis song. Um, anyways, so listen, if we use King David's approach, I want to coach you or teach you or use King David to teach us today on how easy it is to really understand healing. And then to walk through that healing because the person next to you may have already been healed. The person behind you may have been healed. And now we want you to get healed. Now, healing comes in many different ways. It could be physical. It could be spiritual. It could be financial, emotional, relational. All right? Uh, it, uh, there's a lot of different healings that take place. And so as we go through this today, this teaching, I want you to examine yourself a little bit and say, man, I, you know, I've been struggling in this area or, or I've been, you know, lax in this area, however it may be, and I need to be healed. And then we'll have some prayer teams up here after service that will just pray with you. They, they're, they're, they're godly people that, that want your best. It's like a good, so when you, when you go for some personal records, you want a spotter. You want someone that's going to stand behind you and encourage you and help you uh, along the way. So that's what the prayer teams, they're going to be your spotters today, right? And the Holy Spirit's going to hover in this place and the presence of God's going to come down and healing's going to take place. I'm already forecasting it because I believe like yesterday when they set their personal records, God has his personal best for you today, okay? So I'm going to pray and then we're going to go verse by verse through the first part of Psalms 30. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray right now. Those that need healing, physical healing, spiritual healing, financial healing, mental, emotional, relational healing, Lord, those that have a past, Lord, that they just can't get the victory over, Lord, we want them healed today. We want them delivered and set free in Jesus' name. So we open our hearts to you right here and right now. We make declaration that healing is going to take place in this service right here and right now. We're already thanking you in advance, Father. 
Father, Lord, for healing that's going to take place. We thank you, God, Lord, that you care and love your people. So open your word to us today and let us receive it. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. All right, let's go to Psalms 30, verse 1. I will extol you, O Lord. I, I like the old English. I like the, these words that, that I have to look up and see that the real meaning is. The real meaning of the word extol means praise enthusiastically. It's like sometimes, you know, how we, how we, do, we do it, hey, good job, or whatever. But when we were working out yesterday, and, and when we do the family workouts, when when one of the, the little ones, the, they're not little, they're both so much taller than me now. <laughs> they're the younger ones. When the younger ones, they hit a personal best and they come up and it's exciting for them. It's exciting for me to be excited along with them, right? And so when, when we see that, or our, uh, our, our middle grandchild, Cam, he plays football and he plays basketball. When his, his mom, Jill, our daughter, sends a video and, and he's scoring a touchdown, which he does a lot, or he scores and hits a three-point shot, it's like we get excited, you know? And I, and I hope he can feel that excitement like through the phone because it's exciting to see. Well, when the boys get uh, get up from their personal best on their bench, it's like we're high-fiving, we're, we're clapping, we're doing all this kind of cool stuff. And so that's what God wants us to do, not when we get in his presence. That's what we do, and then his presence gets, presence gets in us. So can we take five seconds, and can we enthusiastically praise the Lord for just a moment. Can you come on? Can we do that? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Amen. Cause he's worthy, right? He's uh, praise God. Absolutely. Cause God is worthy. He's, He's worthy to be praised. Thank, thank you for doing that. That was, that was exciting. And so there's an enthusiastic praise. Let me give you quickly, because we're just going gonna, gonna to center on some scriptures today so you can see where we're going. There's about seven ways you can praise God. And, the, and, one, and we'll, just, we'll go through them. They're not in order. One is to sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise. In fact, David tells us in other psalms that, to bring a sacrifice of praise. Well, well what is that? Well, maybe, maybe today I did, didn't feel like like praising God. Maybe today I just didn't feel like coming to church. Maybe today I just like, man, I'm a little bit depressed. I'm a little bit down. But when I come in to church, uh, I come in, I enter his gates with thanksgiving. I enter his courts with praise. And so I come into church and all of a sudden I, I see a fellow believer and I, I, man, I give, I give him or her a high five. And I think, man, God's, God's good, right? God, God loves me and I love God and God loves his people and his people, you know, we love each other. And so then I enter his, his courts with thanksgiving or praise and I, I, start to, I start to make myself praise God. So there's a sacrifice there. God honors that sacrifice. It's like some people, I've heard, I, I've had friends tell me, listen, I only work out when I want to, and I never want to work out. <laughs> well, that doesn't, doesn't do any good, right? But if you only do something when you want to do it, there's no sacrifice there. But if, so if you're only praising God when things are going your way, uh, when you're only praising God if you've got money in the account or, or you're on the mountaintop, then you're really not going to praise God probably at least 50% of the time or, or, or more. So what happens is if we bring a sacrifice, God honors that sacrifice, and he starts to bring you up to another level. Because the Bible says that in Zephaniah 3, that when we praise God, he starts to dance and sing over us. And so there's this fellowship with God. In other words, he kind of brings us up. Up as he comes down himself. So there's a sacrifice. So I encourage you, even this week, if you don't feel like it, make yourself a sacrifice of praise. Or if you don't feel like coming to church, 
Just bring a sacrifice. It shouldn't depend on if you like the song or not, or if you like the message or not. There's a difference, I was sharing in the first service, there's a difference between a buffet and a filling station. At the buffet, I can eat whatever I want, all right? I can, I, sometimes I go to the dessert bar first, see how the desserts look, and then I'll go get my plate, you know, the meat, potatoes, whatever, but some, I'll hold a little bit back if that dessert looks really good. If the dessert doesn't look good, as long as they have ice cream, we're okay. Okay, because ice cream, ice cream's the real. So I'll go get my plate. But that's buffet. I get what I want at a filling station, especially if I'm running on empty. I just want them to have gas. That's all I need is the fuel. Well, in church on a Sunday morning, for the believer, it should never be a buffet. It should always be a filling station. Because you've praised yourself out all week, or you've evangelized yourself all week, or you prayed all week, or you've read the word all week. Now you're coming in to get a refill for the next week. A, a buffet for a Christian would be like this. Well, I don't really like that song. I'm not going to worship. Hey, pastor wasn't on today. He didn't have it. That coffee just didn't taste very good. How come they're always getting the same donuts all the time? That's a, that's a buffet. Are you with me? See, see, Christians are too used to eating at the spiritual buffet rather than just getting a fill-up because they've been using it all week long. And so we, we got to be sure at Grace Church that we're not a buffet, but we're a filling station because you're giving it out. You, yeah, give the Lord a shout of praise because he's worthy to be praised. That's good teaching right there. We get a little selfish sometimes, don't we? Like, all right, well, you know, that word just, you know, I don't know why is he talking about that stuff again? Because he loves you. <laughs> why, why do we have to do that? Because God loves you. And so we understand to, that the, this part of praise, there's a sacrifice. That was just the first one. And then hands, all right? Sometimes, lift your hands up for a second. You know, it's like, it's like yeah, I surrender to God. God, I, I love you. You know, we I had Dave raise his hands for 20 minutes a few weeks ago, you know. He was sore the next day a little bit. He confessed. I would be sore too. I, I, you know, some of us don't raise our hands at all. But do you know your, your hands are weapons of warfare? I mean, they're, they're, that's a literal you're, you have, like, you're, like your hands are registered weapons, right, in the kingdom of God. Where if you start clapping, can you clap for a second? You're doing warfare right now. You're doing warfare. Like you, you're clapping and, and all of a sudden strongholds are breaking down right now. See, when we enthusiastically praise God with the weapons that he's given us, all of a sudden healing starts to take place. Miracles start to happen. You're praising God. You don't know why. You're clapping you're giving God all kind of glory, and the person three rows over is getting a deliverance because you've helped usher in the presence of God. This is how important our hands and feet are in the kingdom. And then there's quiet praise. I know some of you practice that on Sunday mornings at 11. There's a quiet praise. You know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm meditating. And that's, and that's good. You might have a favorite place in your house. You might have a favorite place in your, your den or maybe in your car on the way to work or, or taking a small trip. You might, maybe it's a place in your backyard. Maybe it's a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. And you just find that place and it's just quiet. I have a quiet times in my life where I'll just, I'll get up and I'll just listen. God, I, I, you know, I know you, you're, you're tired of hearing me talk. I, wanna, I want you to minister to me. I want you to talk to me. What, what do you want from me, God? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to act? And so there's a quiet sense of, of praise and worship as well. And there's soul praise, okay? There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a soul praise where we ask God to speak to our spirit. 
All right, you know, we, we're really good about talking to each other, or maybe there's a sense of chatter in our life, but we have to allow the, the Holy Spirit to deal with our spirit, and then that spirit man comes alive, and, and then we start to praise God from the inside out. And then there's the instruments of praise. We do this every Sunday morning where it's the keyboard, or it's the bass, it's the guitar, it's the drums. It, it's all these beautiful instruments, you know, that we use. And, and David said in, in Psalms 150, let every Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. All the instruments, you know, the, the cymbals and the, the lyre and all those really cool instruments. And now we've, we've up, you know, we've, we've made it in today's more, more today's culture. There are some churches that would, that would say that they're non-instrumental. They don't believe instruments should be in the church. I, I, th- I think that's non-biblical. If you prefer to be non-instrumental, that, that's okay. But don't base it on scripture because David played all the instruments and, and bought, thought they should be worthy to be used to praise the Lord. And so our instruments then become whip, weapons of war. You know, when, when the Jew was playing the guitar and he was having a hard time tuning and today it looked like he was over, he broke a string. I saw that thing just fly off, and it's hard to play a six-string guitar with five strings and four fingers. Foltz is on the drums, or Janie's filling in on the keyboard, and, and, and uh, Brian's playing the guitar, and all these things are happening. They're not doing it for our pleasure. They're doing it to usher, in, ushers, usher us into the presence of God so that the word is preached, our hearts are open. Can you give our worship team a really resounding hand of praise? Thank you, worship team. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. These guys, I know firsthand, they work hard all week long so that the, it's the right Holy Spirit-led song list that's going to minister to people while, while, the, uh, while this is going on. And so we use instruments to help with our praise. And then we sing, of course. And if you're like me and maybe not a really great singer, then we stand on the Scripture, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, right? And I have asked Janie to be on the worship team before, and she said, no, you're actually too loud from your seat. Maybe you should tone it down just a little bit. But I want to praise God. I, I love to praise the Lord. I, can you take five seconds to just give the Lord one more, just uh, just shout, just sing, just pray, just love God, right? I mean, it, it's beautiful. See, uh, you may not, like me, you may not sing on key, but it's a joyful noise. It's not, it's like a little baby singing when Janie has an old video of Selah just worshiping in, in her house and she's singing. I think it's Palm Sunday maybe, you know, and, and she's a little bit off key. Of course, she's only like 18 months or two years old and she's got a microphone and she's worshiping. It's at the start of COVID and we were in lockdown and, and it was Palm Sunday and, you know, as much as it blessed me, as much as it blessed Janie, as much as it blessed her mom and dad, how much more did it bless God, right? And so it's the heart that God looks at. So you continue to make a joyful noise. And if you're a really good singer, we'll put you on the platform. If you think you're really good, we probably won't. <laughs> but we're making joyful noise into the Lord. And then last but not least... There's a shout of praise. We learned it from the walls of Jericho. We learned it from Gideon's army that the thing they did most after obedience was they just shouted, right? And so sometimes we're, we're shouting around the house or sometimes we're shouting. When we were working out yesterday, we, we, we at, at the Dolphins' house, so we, we say, come on, yep, when someone's working out. Come on, yep. And, and, and it's become a family trait. We learned it 
in high school years ago. And so Drew, Drew brought it back up. Come on, yep. And so we encourage each other to the point where sometimes we're shouting. And, and when, when the boys uh, or grand boys, when, when all of them, they hit that personal, like we're high-fiving, we're shouting, Janie's coming out like, what's going on out here? Ah, they just, man, they just did 315 pounds. Ah, we're, we're shouting, we're so excited. When God commanded Joshua to walk around the walls of Jericho seven times, and then at the end just let out a shout, all the walls started to fall down. This is a spiritual metaphor so that when we decide that we're going to shout God's praises, walls start to come down. Can we give the Lord just a really big shout today? Can, come on, church, right now. With everything in there. Wow, that, that's beautiful. Yeah. So we shout unto the Lord a voice of triumph so that one precedes the other. We shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Why? Because we're declaring victory. We're declaring breakthrough. We're declaring healing in our lives. This is a, a beautiful scenario. Let's go to, oh, well, we haven't finished the verse. For you have drawn me up. And that, this is the creation factor. So God's created you just the way you are. All right? You're, you're created for God's goodness in God's image. You were created to bring him glory, honor, and praise. This is why uh, Revelation 11 tells this is why we were created. And so when we're, when we're shouting and we're, we're, we're created, we go back to that creative spirit. And you have not let my foes rejoice over me. In other words, whatever ailment, whatever thing that the enemy has tried to place in front of you, that's considered a foe. God's already beat that that enemy down. And you're already victorious and healed in Jesus' name. Verse number two, then, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. I like what David says in Psalms uh, uh, 40, the first three verses. I'll read it. I waited patiently for the Lord. Patience isn't found in America anymore. We're the most unpatient. I, I might be the leader of the pack. We're the most unpatient people in the world, right? And Janie will agree with that. Sometimes my patience wears a little thin, and, I, and I'm working on it. I'm trying, you know, even at the drive through anymore. I'll, I'll wait at least for five seconds before they tell me to pull over, and I still tell them no, unless it's a special order. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me. He heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog. He set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. God says in this song that whatever you're going through, the way you go through it, when you have victory, not only do you recognize the people that are watching you recognize it too. They, they see you and they say, how did they make it through? How did they get delivered? How did they get healed? They notice your steadfastness and faithfulness to God and it becomes a witness to them. I've cried for you and you have healed me. See, he doesn't say, and you have heard me. He doesn't say, you have answered me. He says, you have healed me. This is Jehovah Rapha. You have healed me. Again, whatever you have need of today, when we pray at the end, we're asking you to come forward. Make that step of faith. Come out. Have someone pray with you that God will what? Heal you. Verse number three then says this. Lord, you have brought me up from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. That restored there means bring back to origin. 
What does that mean? Well, God created you, and then Paul says, then we're, we, we have a new, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. So we're a new creature from the inside out, and there has to be a renewing of our mind. So there's a res- restoration there that takes place, and, and David is showing us. So he did, listen, he doesn't get high-centered on the healing. He gets high-centered on the healer. And that's really important because a lot of us don't. Like, I need that healing. I need that victory. No, you need Jesus. And then Jesus will give you what you need. And so that you're not chasing after something that maybe man spurs on. You're not chasing after something that, and and again, we we love doctors. We love the medical field. We love their interpretation. We love what their diagnosis is. But we need to be careful that we're not chasing after the healing that our preference, and this is what David's teaching us. This is King David. He's spotting you in the spiritual uh, personal best today. He's telling you to go after Jesus. Don't go after the healing. Don't go after just a victory. That if we're going after Jesus, then those other things will come. You've restored me to life. You brought me back to origin. You brought me back to where, and even though you had to go down to the pit to get me because I was deep in depression or full of anxiety or full of fear, you made me victorious, not because I chased after this. I chased after you. Verse number four then goes after this. Sing praises. Again, we're singing praises to the Lord, oh, you saints. This, now he's talking about church people. He's talking about Christ followers, those who are born again, those who love God and love Jesus. Sing praises to the Lord, oh, you saints, and give thanks to his holy name. So we're learning now to sing praises and to give thanks. When I sing praises and I give thanks, there's certain things that happen, okay? And when we call it the Jesus way. In fact, I think... Kurt will slip to those one screens for a moment. Here's the Jesus way. Number one, you give thanks. This is how Jesus' prayers got answered. He, you give thanks. So you find something for, to give thanks about. I know some people say, ah, I don't have any reason to give God thanks. Yes, you do. You're breathing. You're awake. You're alive. Chances are, you, I mean, you live in America. You are already richer than 2% of the whole world. If you have a house or a place to live, you're richer than 1% of the whole world. You have a lot to be thankful for. If you have a mommy or a daddy or a mama or a papa, if you have a brother or a sister, you have a son or a daughter, you have a lot to be thankful for. If you have, you have someone that you can call a friend, you have a lot to be thankful for. Take two seconds to give God a lot of praise for Thanksgiving, just for the fact that he is worthy to be praised. And you be thankful for the things God has given you and done for you. Oh, we got the wave going up here in front. OJ starting the wave. That's beautiful, man. Good job. Did Marcus start it? You just followed? You follower. All right. <laughs> Number two, ask humbly. So we give thanks and then we ask humbly. Listen, you can be bold. You just can't be arrogant. You can't command God to do anything. You can remind God of his word. I'm tired of these people. I commanded God. No, you didn't. God commands. You follow. So be humble about it. When, and, when God, and when God sees that miracle, remember who gets the glory, amen? And so you ask humbly before the Lord. Why? Because God, God is a jealous God, right? And he wants all the, but you ask, go humbly. before. But it says boldly. Yes, you can go boldly, but you've got to do it in a spirit of humility, 
You don't do it in a spirit of arrogance. That's, a, that's wrong. That's not right before God. God likes a humble servant before the Lord. Number three, and then receive it, all right? We receive ahead of time. This is, this is important to receive what God has for you. I'll go through these quickly, and then we'll, we'll jump back into the scriptures because then I'll, I'll end with some more patterns that we can follow. And then last, give God glory, all right? Give all the glory to God. This is what Jesus, so Jesus would ask, and he, or he'd give thanks, all right? And then he would be humble about it it, and then he would receive it ahead of time for the healing, and then he always gave glory to God. The Holy Spirit gives glory to Jesus, this is scriptural, and then Jesus always gave glory to God. So none of us should take any glory for anything. Why? All the glory goes up, and when the glory goes up, God's work comes down. It's a beautiful scenario, right? So it's like, oh, you know, hey, could you handle my briefcase for me? Why? I can carry my own briefcase. You know, we're all able-bodied. We're all in this together, right? We're all part. We just have, we're different parts of the body, but we're all in this together to see people get saved, healed, and delivered, and set free in Jesus' name. So let's go back to that verse we were, whatever we were on. Uh, Yes. Okay, let's go to five then. That's good. So, his anger is but for a moment. And this is not, like, God's not angry. God's not angry at you. This is like a, a little bit of a wordplay. So it's like whenever we think uh, God's not for us, we think that he's mad at us. So God doesn't get mad at you, okay, by the way. But when we're in a valley, sometimes we think that. But so his anger or this disposition is just but for a moment. But his favor is for a lifetime. So his favor is a, like we only see bits of his favor right now. When we're in eternity, we're going to see God's favor. And it's going to be amazing. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy, it comes in the morning. And you know, because Janie and I have talked on this several times. Morning's not only M-O-R-N-I-N-G. Morning is M-O-U-R-N-I-G. So sometimes we have those sad places. Sometimes it's okay to ask, God, why am I going through this? Why did I get laid off? Why, why did I have that diagnosis? Why did, why did that person leave me? Why did that relationship break? Why, why, why? That lasts for, for a moment, but then all of a sudden joy has to come back, right? My sister uh, Peggy had turned 70 uh, this past summer, and for the last 35 or 40 years, she has battled multiple sclerosis. She's been bedridden for nearly 30 years. She has a feeding tube for the last 14 or 15 years. Uh, one, once or twice, uh, we've rushed Omaha with a with funeral clothes because we thought that they were. She was on life support. Okay, she went septic twice. She, I mean, she. she they have to help her out of bed, put her in the wheelchair so they can take her down so she can be with the people while they eat, but she can't eat. Like a, a teaspoon of pudding would, would, would choke her and she would die. But she's one of the most joyful people you'd ever meet. I mean, she, uh, her speech is mumbled. She's got, she's got one or two degrees. She was a, a police cadet. I mean, this, this terrible disease. And you would say, Pastor, why, why, why didn't she heal? I don't know. I, maybe I'll ask God when we get to the other side. But I know this, that she's turned that suffering into joy. She's turned her mourning into dancing. Like she, like she turned that weeping and sorrow in, into joy. And, and, and if, if nobody else, she's been a, an incredible testimony to me on how to handle adversity in their life. I've, I've had people quit church before because they, they hit a deer with their car. Like, God, maybe hit, no, God didn't. Well, how come he didn't move the deer? I don't know. Why do you see the deer? I mean, deer in Iowa are stupid. Here they're smart. They see you and they move. In Iowa, it's like they play chicken. And you got to hit them. 
We've all hit deer. I hit a deer. You hit a deer. Jessica hit a deer. Jessica had an antler run right through her windshield, just messed and freaked her out. Car spin around, staring at an 18-wheeler face-to-face. I mean, it's a big old massive deer. They're stupid in Iowa. But, you know, like God still loves these, them. God still loves me. I hit a deer. God still loves me. I'm not going to lose my salvation because I hit a deer. My goodness. Grow up. That's pastoral love right there, by the way. <laughs> we'll talk about this at lunchtime. Jane will say, do you think that's really love? That's good parenting skills. Grow up. Listen. Thank you. Listen. <laughs> My point is, you, you, don't, Janie says, don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. But here's, listen. My point is this. Don't let the little things in life become big things. Don't lose your joy for something that's not worth it, right? That person left you, say goodbye to them. Kick them out the door. I know, that's another story. I'm on on a roll. I feel good. (laughs) We're going to pray here in a little bit. I'm not part of the prayer team, so I can just unleash right now. (laughs) Weeping tarries for the night. Joy comes in the morning. Don't be careful who and what you let steal your joy. Because once that joy is restored, it's good, but it's better to have never left it or lost it. Verse number six. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never move. In other words, he's saying prosperity here is really blessing. It's really favor. It's in that that moment where I'm really joyful because I didn't let this thing bother me. This thing didn't get me down. This thing didn't destroy me. God is my healer. The Lord is Jehovah Rapha. I'm healed. I've been delivered, set free. You used to bother me, enemy. You don't bother me anymore. I'm I'm not worried about that past isn't haunting me anymore, That, 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 that that, desert, that whatever that diagnosis that's not haunting me anymore, that, that company that laid me off that's not haunting me anymore, none of those things are happening to me. I'm a child of the living God. I stand on the faith of God. He's hailed me. He's saved me. He's delivered me. He's set me free. He's my king and master. He's my He's the one I serve, and I'm not going to have idols before God. So I shall never be moved. And the verse number seven, he goes on to say this one more time. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. But he, listen, he's saying, by your favor, God, I am strong now. I, I am encouraged. I, I am solid. I'm, go, I'm going with this. Lord, you are, you are chief and in charge. Now, let me give you a couple things really quickly on what we believe on healing. First of all, healing is God's will. It is God's will for you to be successful. It is God's will for you to succeed. It is God's will. But why don't some people get healed? We don't know the internal healing. We don't know the spiritual healing. Some people, we're always looking at the physical manifestation, and some people are just getting healed inside. Like, they're full of joy. They're full of peace. They're full of love. It's like you just you don't know their spiritual healing. So look at healing a little differently. It's not always physical. A lot of times it's spiritual or emotional, okay? It's a relational healing that we look at. Number two, it's God's covenant, all right? Uh, Isaiah said, by his stripes you are healed. Peter said, by his stripes you 
were or are already healed. The uh, writer or author of Hebrews said, it's God's covenant to heal you. And so when David says, and you healed me, I cried and you healed me. Jehovah Rapha, the healer. He will heal what you have need of today. It's the covenant. We've already talked about receiving it. You've got to receive it in faith. If you don't receive it in faith. Now listen, the prayer team that we're going to have up here today, they're faith believers, right? Some of them have been healed of cancer. Some of them have been healed of major diseases. They, they've been healed of their faith. And Jesus says, and the, the four men that carried the paralytic man cut the roll, hole in the roof and let him down, that their faith made him whole. So they're going to carry faith, but it's better if you have faith to receive as well. You receive that healing that God has for you, right? And then you need to remove doubt. It's important. Jesus, when he prayed for Jairus's daughter, removed all the doubt in the room. Marcus and I were in uh, Shenandoah, Iowa, uh, our, my first church, and uh, we got a call. Would you come to the hospital and pray for my son? And the people didn't go to our church. I don't know if they had any church at all, so we said, yeah. Marcus and I went up there and, and prayed for the young man. Uh, he was in dire straits. They didn't know if he would ever make it out of the hospital at all. And so his mom and dad were there. Uh, me and Marcus and I said, "Hey, um, do you you do you believe God can can heal your son?" And uh, and, and he was um, he was conscious, but he couldn't speak a lot. And so we asked him, "Do you believe God can heal you?" And he, he nodded his head. Asked mom and dad, and they were kind of cautiously optimistic. And I said, "Wait a second. Listen, if there's any doubt in you." Uh, you, you, we're going to ask you to leave the room. And they were like a little bit offended at first. And I said, "No." I said, "Listen, even Jesus." chose or couldn't heal when there was doubts in the room. He removed all the doubt, okay? You've got to remove doubt in your life. And so mom and dad were like, yeah, yeah. We, I asked Marcus, Marcus, do you, do you believe? Do you have any doubt? Nope, Papa, I believe. And then Marcus asked me, Papa, do you have any doubt? Do you believe? I said, nope, I believe. I asked mom and dad again, do you believe? Yeah, we believe. We believe God, we believe God can heal. And so we prayed for that young man. Three days later, he walked out of the hospital. Three days later, he walked out of that hospital, all right? To God be the glory. Now listen, at, at, for a while there, I thought, well, that was so, that's such a good testimony. That, but that God was showing me something. So when Janie was in the hospital eight or nine years ago, uh, hanging on to her, her life, we, we didn't allow anybody to come near her that had any doubt. Why? Because we didn't need a pity party. We needed high faith days, right? And even our daughter, Jill, was crying one day. And I said, Jill, we're going to have to ask you to leave, leave the room. What, what do you mean? And she, she's crying because her and Janie had a conversation. I, didn't, I just saw Jill crying. Jill, you're out. No pity around here. It's a high faith day. I called a high faith day, and Jill was crying. <laughs> Papa made me leave. She went out and cried some more. And it was like, no, we're going to have faith. Listen, but you know what? Marcus made the chapel a, a personal prayer room. Our, 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 our kids were in the, the waiting room 24-7, 365, and we were praying. We were sleeping on the floor. We were believing God. We knew God was going to heal her because we were removing doubt from there. We, I wouldn't even let her mom and dad come down. We don't need pity, right? We need high faith right now. We know God's going to heal Janie, and you know what? God healed her in the name of Jesus. On the, we had people praying. We had people believing, and God will do for her, he'll do it again for you. But you have to remove doubt in your life. Don't, don't carry doubt. Well, what if God doesn't? Well, what, what if God does? I'd rather believe through the good thing rather than the bad thing. I'd rather stand strong on that mountain that God's provided for us than the weakness in the valley. 
I mean, we're going to go through valleys, but God says he'll give you that, that mountain. You have to take authority over those things in your life. You know, if there's issues with addictions, if there's issues with the past, if there's issues with uh, things that you have no control, take authority over them in Jesus' name. God's been giving you the authority. When we were working out yesterday, and I was, I was shouting encouragement to, to, the, to all the boys that were, that were lifting, and all of them getting their personal best, all of them their personal records, all of them feeling good. I was taking authority over that by shouting those things and speaking those things into them, okay? And we were taking authority encouraging each other. This is what the church is for. you got to let people know that they can rather than they can't. you got to speak life into them rather than death into them. Sometimes the church in, in America on Sunday mornings it has, has more, op, more obstacles than it does uh, opportunities. We need to speak life into each other. Can you say amen? Also, when we pray, you need to break any generational curses that may take place. Some of your ailments, some of your addictions, some of those things that you're battling, they're not even your fault. They're from mom and dad or grandpa or grandma or someone down the line that it's come down to you. You need to break that curse. You need to reverse the curse so that your sons and daughters and your grandchildren don't walk in that curse anymore. And you have the right to take authority over those generational curses in Jesus' name, all right? And then there's evil soul ties. There's things that you connect. There's people you're connecting with. They're not good for you. You need to break those evil soul ties off. Can you say amen? You need to make sure that the things you're thinking about are pure and holy like Philippians 4 and 8, and they're good for you, and they're, they're right. And if someone's bringing doubt in your life, if someone's bringing fear, angst in your life, anger in your life, hey, just remove them for a season or maybe forever. You need to get rid of evil soul ties in your life. And then the last but not least is passivity. We have to get rid of laziness. Well, if God wants me healed, I'll get healed. No, that's not necessarily true. God wants you healed. He's made a way for you to get healed. You, I've said it before. Janie said it before, Marcus said it before, people on leadership have said it before, hey, there's a miracle in the house, but where are you? Sometimes God's here, the presence of God here, the miracle of God's here, you're out fishing. Oh, uh, sorry, Mike Hager. <laughs> Not you, brother. Mike's on our prayer team. He's going to be praying for you today. So I don't want no fisherman praying for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You want him brother beat cancer. You know how he beat it? He beat it by faith. I want, the, I want a guy like that praying for me. That's who I want praying for me. I want a guy that's been there and knows how to get through it to pray for me because that's the victory and the faith that he, you need for to get through the thing that you have. See, when we look at those things in our life and we realize that uh, I, I have to understand that I'm not a lazy believer, that my, I need to turn my passiveness into a passion. I need to walk through that passion. Okay, God, now I got a story. I got a testimony. If you did it for me, you can do it again. And then verse 7, we'll go back to it. It says, by your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand. Now, as the worship team comes, let's read verses number 11 and 12 real quick. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. Now he's got the true victory. David is Coach David, King David, our spotter. 
He's showing us now, hey, we walked through this, but now look, you've turned, you've turned my mourning into dancing. It's like now I was down in the, the depth, deep. I was in the valley, Lord, but I stood strong. I did what you told me to do. I've walked it out. Now, now my mourning is dancing, and people are watching you. And it's like, man, I got the victory, and it feels so good. I've been freed during this thing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. So all these things are dropping off, and this is what will happen as we pray this morning. You, you're, you're things that are on you, they try to attach themselves to you, they're going to just fall off. Why? Because God, you've cried and God has healed you. And then verse 12 says this, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. You know, if someone's been free, you can't keep them quiet. I mean, it's amazing how someone that's truly been freed in Christ, like they're, they're freed in God. They, they cannot be quiet. Oh Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. 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 Like forever. And forever and forever and forever. I'm going to ask Marcus and Charity and Michael and Naomi to come up here and we'll get some more if we need, if we have need, or if the lines get longer, we'll grab some more. We're going to have them stand across the front. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. And I want you just to to imagine or to think, to wonder. It could be physical. You might come up here and, and, and these guys pray for your, your physical, maybe, you know, it's back, it's neck, it's leg, it's, you know, it's heart, whatever. Maybe you've got some issues. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe you've got some unforgiveness. Maybe you've got some areas of your life where it's just like, man, I, man, I got issues. And, and they, they can pray you through. Maybe it's, maybe it's emotional. Maybe the Lord is just work, not the Lord, but the enemy's working on your mindset. You know, maybe, maybe he haunts you with your past or he haunts you with your future. Like, man, there's a lot of anxiety in the world today. All right, maybe it's a relational. Maybe you're looking for a child to come back home or maybe you got a spouse that, that you know, there's damage there or whatever. Whatever it is, if you want healing today, Jehovah Rapha is here. The Lord is here. The Lord is the healer. David professed it, but then he tells us the steps to go through it. He tells us how to do it. He tells us what to do. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord just to, to, to talk to you, to walk you through some things. And then I'm going to ask you to have the boldness to come forward. If there's anything in your life that you need prayer for, that our friends can pray with you and believe. They believe. There's no doubt in them. They believe. They've been there. They understand. So they're going to walk you through it. Uh, you just have to do that part. You have to come up and walk and receive. So let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. Thank you that you are the Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is healer. We thank you that you have uh, already healed in this congregation. We thank you for healing our loved ones, family members, friends, extended family. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing at Grace Church. And now, Lord, we want to take it personal. If there's anybody here that needs a healing of any kind, Lord, we pray you give them the boldness, Lord, to step out, Lord, and to get prayed for. And then we will agree with them, and we will receive with them. We will have faith with them, Lord, that whatever they have need of, you'll be their healer. Because like David, he cried, and you healed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on if you want to get prayed for. God bless you.
continue to minister and pray, I want you to know that you are loved and God has healed you. You just have to receive that in Jesus' name. He'll heal unforgiveness. He'll bring peace that passes all understanding. He'll order your steps. He becomes your new friend. If you're comfortable raising your hands, just raise them one more time as we invite the Lord to go with us this week and be witnesses to share the good news. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the work that was done here today. 
Thank you for the blessings of healing, of us crying out and you meeting our need. You healing us, Father. We thank you that we can praise you. Let that praise never stop out of our mouth, Lord. I pray, Lord, you bring healing and thanksgiving and love and joy. Order the steps of the righteous, Father. Bless the families, Lord, of Grace Church and the people of this community and extended communities of those listening and watching online. Let this be their best week yet, Father. Give them increase and promotion, favor, but most of all, give them your presence, oh God. Let them wake up tomorrow closer to the Lord than they've ever been by the power of the Holy Spirit. We love and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give the Lord one more shout of praise. God bless you. We love you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time.